In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable stars. The signal contained a constant series of data packets and a decryption key. Once it was decrypted, the data contained a number of transmissions from two planets in a binary system. Included in the data was a translation matrix that researchers used to translate the entries, as best as possible, into English. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present. Log entry, Heimavina 43. 2329, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. I'm glad to hear that the fighting has all but ended and the healing process has begun. However, that process must be the hardest part, and explaining to residents of Chonar how badly they've been deceived. The lives of Valens in other regions must almost feel alien to them. I realize that might seem odd coming from an actual alien, but what you're describing also makes the lives of average mana seem closer to the rest of the Valens than the people on Chonar. Waking up on a different planet is weird, and I would know, because I've been to one, and I am a famous astronaut. For what it's worth, I'm with you on locking up all those who wanted the hostilities in the same room and let them fight it out amongst themselves. I know that Mana society is comparatively monolithic to Velen society, but it still boggles my mind that such a small number of people were able to cause so much chaos and pain. Twins aren't very common on Heimavina, and my parents sometimes had to get creative when Frida and I would fight. My dad invented something he calls the get-along shirt. It's exactly what it sounds like. He had this oversized shirt that he would force us both to wear when we were fighting. Frida and I hated it, but it worked. If a small number of people from Tumasir and the Arva sect want to behave like children, then maybe they should be treated like children. I have some potentially exciting news. Well, exciting for me at least. Do you remember a couple of years ago, I told you that I had isolated the signal from the satellite your dad and his colleagues were able to relaunch? Well, I finally figured out how to safely extract the data. Basically, I had to modify some of our signal processing software to strip the data from the carrier signal without actually opening the data packets themselves. Then, I tucked it into a secure storage space, ran diagnostics on it to make sure there wasn't anything malign in there, and then pulled out the data itself. I won't lie, Leela. I had a moment there where I was looking at the extracted data when I really missed your dad. He would have been super excited. Anyway, the data itself is in an ancient programming language that we're still having some trouble with. Linguistically, ancient is very similar to modern mana, but there are some key differences that make translating exactly what's contained in the data a little challenging. We've encountered this elsewhere too, and sometimes in weird places. For example, the ancient word klaki can either mean is or snor. That might not translate well to someone who lives on a warm planet, but to mana, there's a big difference, and it can dictate what kind of clothing we wear, what activities we might do, and it can impact travel. There is a block of data that has one of these weird linguistic oddities in there. The section of code matches up with what we've seen in other examples of ancient programming that relates to weather and temperature data, but this isn't the normal binary parameters we're used to seeing. 
the data is conveying nuance that we haven't fully been able to get our heads around. From the snow line, we think it's related to habitability as it relates to mana, but we're, we're just not sure. In other frustrating space news, our problems with Vicini continue and have only gotten worse. In fact, we've essentially lost all contact with the outpost there and can't access our systems or the network anymore. We think it's some sort of smart coding that is designed to protect itself and repair any damage done, or at least what it perceives as damage. Whatever it is, ECAL has decided that we want a slice of it, and our efforts have shifted from remote repair to attempting to carve a piece of the software out so that we can rip it apart from a forensic standpoint. The potential for this kind of thing is absolutely stunning, and if it's been able to keep a remote station operational for centuries? Well, yeah. The temptation of getting their hands on actual equipment approved too much for Werkstad. They think our method is too slow and too bureaucratic. True to form, they actually sent a team back to Vicini to physically retrieve some of the drives. I can't even begin to tell you how monumentally stupid most of us think this plan is. I know from personal experience that nothing about Vicini is easy, and going out there when we've lost contact with our equipment is just Heimskull. I'm so excited to hear that the VSA has been able to continue operating even with the conflict. It would have been a real tragedy to lose that advancement and all the progress Bella has made. That they're planning to expand its capacity will make life so much easier for the astronauts and the program in general. And I totally understand what you're saying about reporting on boring old space travel as opposed to being a war correspondent. I won't say stay safe anymore, because it sounds like you're exactly where you want to be, and it's probably not going to blow up or anything. How about always speak the truth, or something like that? You've got a lot of responsibility to serve as the Council's mouthpiece to the rest of Vela. No pressure, Helgi. Log Entry Vela 44 Vela Rotat 2651 Cycle 17 of the 8th Annual Hey, hey, Helgi. Here is something I thought I would never say. Hello from Chonar. Yep, I'm actually in Chonar, for the first time anyone's been here in forever. The Council is doing a press tour of the region after all the rebuilding, and naturally they needed their comrep with them to handle all of the various press conferences. It's surreal being here after reading, reporting, and knowing everything that's happened here in the area for the last 100 rotats. Even my father talked about the idea of coming here but would never venture due to all of the tensions. The fact that we can come here now and visit is really amazing, and it shows that there is some progress that can be made in the world. The city itself is actually quite beautiful. It's like someone froze time, or I'm looking at a historical vid doc, except that I'm walking around inside it. Even marred by the repaired damage from the attacks, the views here are stunning. All of the skiffs running on the streamways are from eons ago, and Velens here just react like that's normal. There are some hints of outside influence seeping in, but it almost appears that those here are actively trying to hide those new conveniences in the older aesthetic. Not for any nefarious purpose, but only to try and preserve the look and feel of the city. 
It's kind of funny to see an old fishing skiff roll by while the operator is busily checking his new hand term. So, let's talk a little about the signal data you mentioned. You said that the readings look like atmospheric data in how it pertains to mana. Would that be some sort of indicator that the ancients had been making plans to settle on Vela? Or they were at least scouting out our planet as a possible expansion site? Maybe they were just planning some sort of visit. I know it's silly to think about something that obviously didn't happen, but could you imagine the differences? I mean, Vela was such a young society, barely out of the pond when the ancients were building giant spaceships and sending probes to different planets. We must have looked so primitive to them. You mentioned that you lost contact with Vithsini. Do you still have any personnel there? Are they okay? The idea that Verkstadt is diving in without testing the water, going ahead with missions there without confirming what happened, seems a little reckless. Valens are extremely cautious, and while I know that your planet has a history of action without thought, this seems extreme even for them. Do you know yet what happened to the connection? Random code that repairs itself seems like a crazy coincidence. I would think that any system there would actually want to maintain a connection with its home base. Most of our automated systems strive to keep their active connections green, and when they get disconnected, they then try to re-establish. To have something work the opposite seems strange. It would appear that you have quite the mystery on your hands. Have you thought about opening up your own investigative service? Inspector Helgi has a nice drip to it. On the subject of off-planet bases, the construction of the base on Chona is now underway. We even have teams living on the moon as I speak. It's constantly expanding in a way that none of us thought was possible. There are at least five different habitats all inside a closed ecosystem. We have established a constant satellite connection so the Velens there can all communicate with us back home. Thankfully, there's only about a one millitide time lag, so data and video communication is almost normal. I'm sure Dad would have explained all the data compression and encryption algorithms that go along with that, but to me it just means that I can talk to the comm rep at the base and get regular updates. They've dug out tunnels between the habitats and created artificial streamways between them, so it's really starting to turn into a small village up there. The best news was the discovery of very large glaciers in a few of the craters there. That means that they have their own means of thawing, purifying, and utilizing water right near the base. Last annual, they started construction on a water processing and treatment plant. This means that shipments of fresh water from Vela don't have to take up vital weight limits on ships going between here and there. Sadly, there was no discovery of any sort of microscopic life in the water, which means that samples of common bacteria will need to be introduced to make it safer for those stationed there to drink and live with. Another benefit to this discovery is the processing plant will also serve to convert the water into usable fuel for future ships by breaking it down to its basic elements. This discovery has stepped up a lot of timelines for missions to Feynora that will be launching from Chona in the much nearer future. I don't know which would be more exciting, the idea of discovering some ancient civilization and their tech, then working to reconfigure it to make it work, or the concept of creating that tech ourselves. Who knows, maybe some future Velen might discover all the technology we created and have to work backwards to learn how we did it. Either way, it sounds like our societies are inching closer and closer to each other. May the waves guide us closer. Ori
Log entry, Haimavina 44, 2331, in the Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. Well, it finally happened. Ecal clipped my wings and grounded me. At least, that's what this feels like. I have more flight hours than almost anyone else in the program, and I'm sitting behind a desk. My last performance review flagged my excellent managerial skills, calm under pressure, and rigorous attention to detail. And it was decided to assign me to a management slot at ECAL headquarters in Stromsheim. You're currently receiving a transmission from the Deputy Chief of Astronaut Training. At least, that's what my email signature says now. I'm told this is what happens when you get identified for senior management. And don't get me wrong, I definitely want to be flight director. I just didn't think all the way through what that might mean. It seems likely the next time I'm in space, I'll be passenger instead of crew. That's some reward. Sorry my mood is a little sour. Berkstadt finally released the flight data from their mission to Vicini, and everyone here has been putting in extra hours trying to figure out what happened. I don't mind the hours so much, but one of my very good friends, you might remember me mentioning Margaret from my days at the university. Um, she was on that flight. And the official line from Verkstadt is, catastrophic failure of critical systems during breaking burn, which is fancy speak for died in a terrifying fireball alone in space a gajillion miles from home. Margaret was such a genius with composites and material science. She was on the flight as senior engineer and subject matter expert with responsibility for Verkstadt's investigation of the ancient station we found there. Space is hard, and I'm going to miss my friend very much. If there's any silver lining here, it's that I have full access to the data from Verkstadt. It took them months to release it to ECAL, and I have to tell you, Ori, the whole thing smelled like weak old Fiska in the sun. If I was a more suspicious person, I believe there was some kind of cover-up. When I half-heartedly joked about that with my mom, she nearly went full ice lion on me. So anyway, the data. Everyone has been going over it with laser focus, and it all looks perfectly normal. The flight data for the outbound trip is perfect. All the systems are rock solid the whole way. You remember me telling you about the burns and the amount of hands-on work we had to do to keep the ship together? Well, Verkstad builds some pretty good ships, Leela. This thing didn't even have so much as a burp for most of the trip. When they hit the burn, everything looked solid. A little shimmy in the mains as the thrust came up, but nothing out of the ordinary. The telemetry is so good, I could actually see the touch of the flight engineers manipulating the ship's systems. Made me kind of jealous, actually. And that's why what comes next is so weird. They were maybe 30% complete on the braking burn when the pressures in the main engine suddenly redlined and the computer scrammed the reactor to prevent an explosion. This happens, sometimes without warning, and the software is designed to prevent a chain reaction. Everyone knows to let the computer shut it down and then reassess the situation. With only a partial burn completed, they would still have been traveling way too fast and were in serious danger, but they wouldn't be space dust. But the flight engineers didn't follow protocol. They initiated manual override and attempted to do it themselves, and they lost control of the reactor. Trained crews don't do this, Ori, because drill after drill and hundreds of hours in the simulators make trusting the computer an astronaut's first reaction. We actually have simulations not unlike the accident that happened on the Verkstad flight. 
Trying to do it yourself is something new trainees do. However, it is, I've done it myself a couple of times in my early days. This doesn't make any sense because this is one of Verkstadt's most experienced crews. I wasn't the only person with a friend on that flight. I'm not the only one poring over the data looking for answers that probably aren't there. It's all we have left, and it's why I'm so furious at Verkstadt's delay. I'm going to need to go for a walk again to calm down. I really need a vacation. The news about VSA's successes on Chona was a really nice surprise, especially given the mood around here lately. I've been bragging about it to my colleagues, and the general consensus is that VSA is kicking ECAL's butt. We might be further out into space than you are right now, but we cheated. A little. What were you asking about? Oh, right, the satellite data. Yeah, you're not going to find this all that comforting, but the prevailing theory is that it was absolutely data related to the habitability of Vila. We finally realized that the problem wasn't in the data itself, but that the existing data sets we were using as a comparison were from probes that surveyed planets that did not have sentient life. So the extra data is the probe's effort to report on, well, you and whether mana could live there. You know, your question about whether it's better to find it or build it from scratch is a really good one. I'm certainly no philosopher, but the implications of that satellite data make me question the motives of the ancients. And that's saying something coming from a Nufspark. Benatel and Alila, Helgi. Log entry Vela 45, Vela Rotat 2653, Cycle 20 of the Ninth Annual. Hey, hey, bro. Apologies for the later-than-normal transmission. It's been a little busy around here lately, and I have been back and forth between Chonar and home a lot, covering the adoption of the city into modern society. Thankfully, I'm back in Sionar now, and it's a great time to be here. They're getting ready for the end of the Rotat Festival of the Red City. This is a celebration dedicated to the settling of Sionar and the foundation of the city. Skiffs from all over Vela travel here to take part and launch firework displays in the harbor. It's amazing to see the whole skyline lit up over all the buildings of the city. I would send photos, but they just don't capture the awe of the event. I'm not sure if I'm happy or saddened by your promotion. On the one fan, it sounds like a great opportunity for you to grow and expand your skills and impart what you've learned on the next generation of explorers and engineers but I also get that you're bummed about being waterbound. It has to be rough seas to be so good at your job that they stop you from doing it. I hope you can look at it from the other side of the wave, though, and see that by trusting you with leadership, they want you to help others like you achieve their dreams and goals and accomplish the tasks that you have already mastered. While you yourself may not be going up on those missions, a part of you is still with the teams that you train and the missions that you command from your new posting. When you're in that sort of position, their accomplishments become yours. We have a saying here, one person can only be a droplet of water, but enough droplets make the sea, and the sea is mighty. Your friend Margaret sounds like an amazing individual, and I'm very sorry to hear of the loss. It sounds like you two were close, and it's tough not having the answers to give you closure on something like that. I hope that her legacy will live on in the work she's done, and her friends, and her school. I was thinking about how you described the incident with Werkstatt, and I was wondering if you had considered that it might have just been an accident. 
I know that mana tend to be a little wary of things and constantly look for an explanation in all events, but could this just be a bad turn of the tide? Here on Vela, we tend to over-examine everything in preparation and training, and as much as we want to be as perfect as possible, sometimes things happen. Even the most experienced crews can have a momentary lapse in judgment. You had also mentioned all of the various software glitches that had been occurring on the moon bases, especially when working with ancient tech. I know it's not comforting, but is it at all possible that it was just an unfortunate accident? I'm not trying to swim to Verkstadt's side here, just wondering if you're thinking about all the angles. Sometimes the Kagua is just a Kagua. In the meantime, the VSA here has been really busy with mission after mission. Launching from both Vela and from Chona for the last two rotats, a number of probes and satellites have been sent to Fenora. The data coming back has been incredible, and they have decided to bump up the schedule to send a full team to do an orbit of the planet. The team would be tasked with gathering first-hand data about the makeup of the planet, and the orbital craft will be filled to the gills with equipment that just won't fit in a satellite. This will be our first venture out deeper into the space around Vela, and there's so much excitement about it that it feels like I'm a kid again watching the launches with my dad. Sadly, I can't say much more about the mission. For the first time in a long while, all of the specific data about the mission has been classified. What I know of it is limited to what's being released to the public. The VSA and the Council have both been having conferences about the missions and have prohibited all communications and information about it outside of the basics. Since it is widely known about my communications with you and my past, they are keeping an eye on me to make sure there are no spills. Speaking of which, say hey hey to Nuha, my reef guard comms monitor. What I do know is that the teams have been assembled from all over Vela. This is the first multi-regional and even multi-sect mission. They will be in orbit of Feynora for a full annul. The trip itself is expected to take about eight annuls there and another eight back. So by our next transmission, they might be back or they might still be in transit. Hopefully once they return, I can share some of the declassified data with you, if it's approved. Stay safe up there, and may the waves guide you. Ori. Log entry, Hymavina 45, 2333, the Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. Or, Nuha? A year in space. That is fantastic news. Everyone back here at ECAL is really happy to hear that VSA is ready to do extended missions. You might want to let your astronauts know that their bodies will change a little after spending that long in zero gravity. Aside from being thinner, which in my case was almost certainly due to the amazing rehydrated food options Ecal lavished on us, I grew a full two inches. The only good thing about that is that now I'm as tall as Frida. I'm glad to hear the mission will include members from all the sects. It says a lot about the progress of reconciliation on Vela, and it must feel good for different people to see themselves represented in Vela's future. Thank you for your condolences for Margaret. It's been a lot harder to deal with than I might have anticipated. I know this is a dangerous job. We, we all do. And this isn't the first time I've lost colleagues, but this is the first time I've lost someone I consider to be a close friend. It's been unimaginably worse for Hecla, though. And there isn't a thing I can say or do that makes it even a little bit better. 
They'd been together since we were all at university. My grandmother, Elle, who was also widowed very young, has taken Hecla under her wing. On a lighter note, I've had much better access to the ancient archives since I've been back planetside. The amount of data that's been uncovered is staggering, and it seems like there's new information and advancements for almost every field and industry. They've even uncovered an entire catalog of broadsheets dedicated to clothing and fashion. Just the other day, I saw someone at the cafe wearing what I know for a fact were a pair of pants copied from one of them. They looked ridiculous, but I'm not exactly what you'd call trendy. So where was I going with that? Oh yeah, sorry. The archives are full of useful data as well, and even more to the point, data that's useful for me. I've never fully given up on that engine design we were working on back at university, and I tinker with it when I have free time. Well, on a whim, I went down a Kaninen Ogat the other evening while I was poking around in the archive catalog, and I discovered a series of papers that dealt specifically with the laser containment stabilization issue we couldn't solve back then. For the most part, the ancients couldn't solve it either, which definitely made me feel good, but that's only because they came up with a much simpler workaround. And that didn't make me feel so good. Anyway, I think I might have figured out how to copy their solution, and I passed the new design to the ECAL Propulsion Lab. I think Margaret would have been proud. Which brings me back to the Werkstatt accident. I, I think you're probably right, but I still can't get my head around it. I guess what's bothering me is that it is so clearly an accident. No anomalous data, no warning signs, nothing. Just an accident, compounded by crew error. Not that anyone is listening to my suspicions anymore because I'm no longer involved in the investigation. None of us here at ECAL are. I was in the cafeteria a couple months ago, minding my own business and enjoying a cup of kaffa, when in walks none other than Juniper Fjallstad. And she sits down at my table. I haven't seen Juniper since university, when she still had purple fleta. Probably 30 years if it's been a day, and, and not only have I not seen her since then, I haven't heard anything about her since that fateful press conference my mom did on the Citizonda. My brain sort of fuzzed out when she sat down, and we started chatting about nothing in particular, just catching up. Juniper has that effect on me. I mean, people. She walks into a room, and it's impossible not to notice her beauty or the confidence with which she carries herself. I was so distracted, I didn't notice she'd set something on the table in front of her when she sat down. It was her badge. Her planetary defense badge. I choked on my coffee. Turns out, she wasn't in strong time to see how yours truly was doing. She was at ECAL headquarters on assignment from Planetary Defense to shut down our investigation into the Werkstatt incident. She took my files, my drives, and my notes. Everything. Made me sign some paperwork I didn't read, but which I'm sure means I can't talk about the incident. She and her team cleaned us all out. I got her number, though, so I got that going for me. Winner till end, Alitla. Helgi. Log entry Vela 46, Vela Rotat 2655, cycle 12 of the fourth annul. Hey, hey, Helgi. 
I'm going to dive right into some things because I'm sure you'll be excited to know about them. I know we're excited here. The VSA has scheduled the launches for Feynora. This will be a multi-stage deployment. The first part will be launching from Laar and should be going forward any cycle now. There have been a few weather delays, so the craft is on the pad awaiting the go order, and the crew is on standby. I'm sure they're eager to get going as there have been three delays so far and the window is closing soon. Once launched from Vela, they will land at the facility on Chona and start prep for the final stage. The mission to Feynora will then launch from Chona in roughly one annul and carry the whole team out to our nearest icy planet. While it doesn't affect the bulk of Velen citizens, many here are still very excited about the event, and I haven't seen this much swirling since we sent our first satellites up into orbit. I may be a little more excited about it than others, as one of my close friends, Kezi, will be the pilot for the Feynora leg of the journey. Kezi is based out of Sionar and has been training for this mission for almost three rotats. He's one of the best pilots in the program, and has been bragging a lot about being the first Velen to orbit a distant planet. I've been working with him a lot for a while now as a correspondent, and he really is the top of his pool. The only downtide to the timing of this mission is that he and his mate, Nosu, just finished their mating ceremony, and she'll be delivering while he's on his mission. Normally this sort of thing would prevent him from going, but Kezi is determined and doesn't want to waste all the training he's done. I'm glad to hear that you've never given up on your original engine design. I know it meant a lot to you, and I'm happy to hear that you finally have a workaround to your problem. I guess those ancients really have toyed with everything in our system. Have you had any breakthroughs with it since I last heard from you? I was thinking about ancient technology, and I believe I may have misspoken earlier when I mentioned that Velens have worked through everything on their own. Turns out that without the ancients and their lander and satellite, we actually wouldn't have much of the tech that we've built on Vela. While not to the same extent as on Haimavina, much of our technology on Vela is based on what the ancients sent here. I'm sure it wasn't their plan to launch us into, as you would put it, an age of enlightenment, but it's true. Most of what we use today is Velen-made, but there are origins that date back to that initial code base. It may even be older than anything you're working with. So, I don't need to be a Jodathian to know that if the planetary defense Siohar is looking into your investigation of that accident, it may not have been an accident. I've been working around government agencies enough to know that they don't start behaving that way unless there's more to it than what you're seeing. It's making the investigative reporter in me tingle. I don't know if there's anything that you can do, given the constraints that they're putting on you, but you may want to be careful there. Given that you're digging through archives and implementing more ancient tech, and then suddenly someone from the Fjallstad line comes out of hiding to get involved, there are deep waters ahead, and you can't know what's down there. Also, you seem a little distracted by this Juniper. I know you've mentioned her in the past, but is there something more there than just a friend showing up out of the blue? I could literally feel your scales changing color from here. Just another reason for me to say you should be wary. Getting involved with someone who's actively trying to hide something from you seems a little risky. Are you picking up some traits from Frida? Besides, I think you're making Nuha a little jealous. She's developed a bit of a crush on you. She's been checking the incoming transmission logs more than I do, and even once asked me if I thought you were cute. Ugh. That's my brother you're talking about, Nuha. What is it with you signals, people? Mom took some time out of her busy travel schedule to dip in for a visit. 
She's been working a number of consulting jobs around Seneth and thoroughly enjoys her newfound retirement freedom. She's been working with labs and education programs all over and has even volunteered at the Biolab down on the southern coast. She said that she got to take part in the first public trials of the new regenerative cell treatment the lab developed, and you would not believe what it's done for her. It's like she's found some new source of energy. While I doubt we will ever see the longevity that you see on Haimovina, it would be nice to stick around to see things develop here on Vela. I wish Dad were still around to see where we are now. I should mention that you are not the only one that has been working on your career progression. I've been working as a comms rep for so long now for the council that I've been given an entire team of correspondents to run the press office here. It's like running a small news studio. I issue the assignments to the different regions now, and while I still do many of the major press briefings, I can have my reporters take different shifts and stories. You remember when I was running my wideband site and doing all my own traveling, I mentioned that I liked not having a boss to report to? <laughs> well, now I'm the boss. Be careful with your various pursuits, and may the waves guide you. Ori You have been listening to an episode of Binary Saga. The part of Ori is read by Juliana Finch. Helgi is read by Paul Anderson. Music by Eric Matias and soundimage.org. Find us on Twitter and Facebook with at The Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on our Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website. Or please leave a review on your favorite podcast app.